Welcome to Renovate, the young adult ministry of Christ Chapel Bible Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We are for all young adults. Whether you're far from God or walking close to Him, we believe that our God fully knows us and fully loves us. So instead of leaving us as He finds us, He is constantly and graciously renovating our lives so we can look more like Him. Enjoy this week's message. Good evening. How are we doing? Pretty good. All right. Fantastic. Uh, So we are, uh, I'm one, first off, my name is Josh Story. Nice to see you. Uh, I have the privilege of being the, uh, that's way too kind. Thank you. Uh, I I have the privilege of being the uh, young adult teaching pastor here. Um, so if you are uh, just now kind of jumping in with this series with us, we are uh, halfway through a series on the will of God. And more, more specifically, um, a series on I mean, how do we discern the will of God? How do we begin to hear his voice and listen for his voice and, and try to figure out, man, what is God's will for our lives? And this week, I, I was kind of reminded of um, the legitimate kind of weight and the legitimate angst that can kind of come with just wanting to to know the word of God. Um, I, uh, I journal when I pray, not because there's anything inherently spiritual about it, just because I'm way too ADD to pray any other way. And so I, I sit and I write, um, and this, this week I was like, you know what, I want to go back to some of, some of like my old journals and just kind of see what was I praying for then and, and, and how did I see God kind of show up in my life. And I found a journal from the spring of 2015, um, which I had kind of forgotten about that season. But as I was kind of reading through it, like it was, it was like reading like a dashboard confessional song. It was just emo, right? I mean, I, it's just this emotional roller coaster. It's angsty. And, and, and when I look back on it, what was kind of happening is uh, one, I got dumped, which didn't help. Uh, but two, uh, I was kind of in this place where I was like, I, I was trying to figure out, man, what's next? I kind of feel like it was time for a job, a job change, but I didn't quite know. And so um, this, this day came where uh, I got sat down and I was told that my, my job was kind of dissolving, um, which was awesome to hear. Uh, but then they offered me another job and like immediately in a very uncharacteristic moment for me, I just kind of shot it down because I just didn't want to do it. And I kind of found myself in this place where I was like, oh, I'm potentially homeless. Like I don't have a job anymore. And so if you read like the prayers from that two weeks, man, there is a legitimate angst of just wanting to hear the voice of God. And I was reading it and I'm just in this place where I'm like, God, like, what are you doing? Like, like I've kind of been praying for this and now it's kind of here, but I also don't know what's next. And, and, and like everything is like, God, I'm so confused as to where to go. Like, like I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, I just want to know what your will for my life is. I want to know where to go next. And, and, and kind of at the end of this two-week period, I uh, got offered this job to be the college pastor at this church called Christ Chapel, which is how I actually know a lot of you guys. And, um, and when I look back on it now, like, I can't envision the last five years any other way. But I, and I think it's so easy to kind of step back when you have that perspective of like, oh, of course, duh, that's what God, God was doing. But in the moment, I, I, I kind of lost sight of, and there was a legit angst in that season for, God, I just want to know what your will is for my life. And, and, and I say that because it's not lost on me that maybe you're in this room and you're in a very similar place where you're just kind of, and life just feels up in the air. And you're thinking, God, I don't know what to do about this job. I don't know what to do about this relationship. I don't know what to do uh, about school or what to study. God, I don't know what to do about my family. Like there's, maybe there's all kinds of just stuff that's up in the air. And you're just in this place where it's like, ah, God, I just want to know. 
I just want to know what your will is. I just want to know, I just want to hear your voice, right? And the more that I've been kind of thinking about, like, why we don't hear the voice of God more often, is I don't think it's because God has stopped talking to us. I don't think it's because God is silent. I think oftentimes we don't hear the voice of God the way that we want to because we're not placing ourselves in positions to hear him with clarity. And so over this series, we have been kind of walking through these kind of ideas of how do we actually position ourselves as followers of Christ to actually listen and, and to hear the voice of God because it's not that he's stopped speaking to us. How do we actually position ourselves to actually hear? And so we talked in week one about this idea of meditating on the word of God and how oftentimes we read the word of God and the word of God kind of reads us as we're reading it. And these kind of words just jump off the page that kind of allow us to say, oh, all right, that, that's kind of maybe where you're guiding, right? Um, last week we, we talked about prayer and this, and this idea of coming to a place where we can kind of lay our requests and our worries and our anxieties before God, but then kind of carve out time to be still and silent and just listen to what he says in response. But tonight, we're going to talk about fasting. Um, and if you don't know what fasting is, we'll, we'll cover it. We'll get really in-depth into it. Um, but, but fasting as this idea of a, a posture that we can kind of position ourselves in a way where we have the ability to, to hear the Lord speak with a little bit more clarity. Now, cards on the table. Um, personally, fasting is the spiritual discipline of all spiritual disciplines that I've avoided my entire life. Um, primarily because I love food. Like, not like I enjoy a good meal. Like, I, lunch is the highlight of my day. Like, I love food. And so um, ever since I've kind of known what fasting was, I was like, that sounds awful. In fact, I think the very first time I ever heard what fasting was, um, I was a kid, and I think, like, my mom asked my dad what he wanted for dinner, and he's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm, like, I'm, like, fasting. And I remember, like, as like, a child being like, Okay, well, I don't know what this fasting thing is, but if it involves skipping a meal, uh, that doesn't sound great. So I ask him, and he's like, yeah, it's this idea where you spend a day where you skip your meals, and when you skip your meals, you, you use that time to, to, to pray and seek the voice of God. And I was like, that's, that's, yeah, I'm avoiding that. Like, I'm not doing that, right? And on top of that, I kind of always had this, like, picture in my mind that, like, the day that I do choose to fast is going to be the day when, like, someone walks into my office and is like, hey, taking you to Del Frisco's. I'm like, no, you're not, because I'm fasting. And I have passed on a $70 fillet. Like, that sounds like my nightmare, right? Uh, like, I've just kind of always had this, like, thought of, like, it's just not going to go well. In fact, funnily enough, um, so I, I fasted in prep for this sermon, not because I'm spiritual, but because I never have fasted before, and I figured I should at least try it before I talk about it. Um, and no lie, 30 minutes into my fast, we get a package at our door, and my wife walks outside, and she comes in. She's like, ah. I was like, what? She's like, well, my mom sent us a package. I was like, great. That's awesome. She's like, I don't think you're going to like it. I was like, why? And it's this. She sent us a whole box full of Girl Scout cookies, the sweetest thing ever. But 30 minutes into a 24-hour fast, I'm staring at Thin Mints, and I can't do anything about it. And I'm like, God, that's literally how it works. God, you are hilarious. So anyway, the minute I broke my fast, you better believe I had myself a thin mint. But um, it was just one of those kind of things where I was like, wow, like my worst nightmare actually came true. Well, actually, that's not my worst nightmare, but you understand. Um, anyway, the point of that is um, I've kind of spent my whole life just avoiding fasting because I just really enjoy food. But when I began to kind of study fasting, what I found is that that, love, and, and not really just a love for food, but an unwillingness to forego food, an unwillingness to sacrifice food is exactly why fasting is so important. Because whether we realize it or not, food actually has tremendous power in our lives. 
And specifically, and, and, and this might sound so random, but our relationship with food actually has the ability to affect the way that we hear from God. Our relationship with food actually has the ability to, to affect how we hear from God. So, um, but let me explain it like, like this. We turn to food for a lot of things, primarily for fuel, right? To just fuel our bodies, to give us um, energy, sustenance, all that stuff, right? But in our culture, food typically is the, the most socially acceptable medication of choice, right? Specifically in the moments when life just feels up in the air, in these kind of moments when we're beginning to think, all right, God, like, what's going on? God, what are you doing? God, I need to understand, right? We, we kind of cult- culturally turn to food, right? So, for instance, what, like, what's the universal cure to a breakup? Ice cream, right? Yeah, everyone knows it's ice cream, right? A giant pint of ice cream and you're good, right? Like if you have a bad day at work, if you like, bomb a test, like there's few things that a good bowl of torches queso can't fix, right? Like, right, come on, right? And so all of a sudden we know that, man, if, if life just kind of feels out of control, man, you can go like give me some tacos and I feel a whole lot better. Right now, the thing about that, food is not evil, right? Food is a, a good, worshipful thing from God. But like any kind of good, worshipful thing, we can abuse it, we can misuse it, and when that happens, what what that reveals is that we can come to a place where we just kind of medicate, right? And the problem doesn't actually go away. Our anxieties, our 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 stresses, all those things don't actually go away. We just kind of put a bandaid on it. We eat some ice cream, we eat some queso, we eat something. Right? And all of a sudden, what that reveals is that in these moments when I mean, life just feels chaotic, it's out of control, and we need to seek the voice of God and say, God, what are you doing? God, this hurts. God, I'm stressed. God, I'm worried. God, I don't know what this means. God, I don't, I don't know where to go next. Instead of leaning into that and seeking the voice of God, we just medicate. And oftentimes, we medicate with food because at least for a moment, I feel better. Life just feels a little less out of control. Right? And so what fasting does is it gives us an opportunity to, to not run and medicate with food, but to actually lean into the voice of God and say, all right, Lord, I'm here. Will you just speak to me? Right? And so I'm, I'm really excited to talk about fasting because I think it's a really fascinating practice that we've just kind of lost along the way. So I want to spend a lot of time tonight talking about how, but before we do, do that, I want to do kind of a quick overview of what fasting is. Because it's kind of this practice that we haven't talked about in the church for a long time. It just kind of got lost along the way. So there might be some misconceptions or even just, man, I don't know anything about fasting. So um, let me start by, by telling you what fasting is and what fasting is not. Um, so here's what fasting is not. Fasting is not simply abstaining from something. And what I mean is that oftentimes we use the term fast to be like, man, I'm going to get off social media for a month, right? I'm going to fast social media or I'm going to fast uh, something for Lent. I'm going to fast sugar. I'm going to fast sweets. I'm going to do something, right? Now, abstaining is a good thing, right? There, like there should be times in our life when we feel like certain things in our life might be destructive or it's just not healthy for us. And, and abstaining is a good and great thing and you should abstain. It's just not the biblical form of fasting, right? So, so when, when we read about fasting in scripture, it's not talking about simply abstaining from something just kind of random. Randomly, It talks about abstaining from something specifically. So, so here's what fasting is. Fasting is intentionally foregoing the nourishment of food to be nourished by the Holy Spirit. It is intentionally foregoing the nourishment of food in order to be nourished by the Holy Spirit. Because when we look at food and kind of what food does, food is designed to nourish us, it's to uh, sustain us, to fuel us, Right? And what fasting does is it's this kind of one day or this kind of moment in time, and we'll talk about kind of how and when and what, 
but it's this opportunity to, to intentionally forego the nourishment of food in order to press into the Lord and say, Lord, today you are my, you are my sustenance. Today you are my fuel. Today you are the thing that is going to nourish my soul. And so, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this behind so that I can lean into you, hear your voice, and allow you to nourish my soul, that we are nourished by our relationship with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what fasting is. Now, maybe you hear, hear that and think, that sounds like the most barbaric, archaic, like, why would we ever deny ourselves in that way? Like, is that even healthy? Um, there's a lot of questions about, like, why would we do that? Right? And um, biblically speaking, there's, there's typically kind of five uh, different reasons why we fast, right? So let me do a really quick overview. Um, the first reason why people fast is to repent, meaning to, to kind of turn away from sin. Um, in the book of Nehemiah, uh, some of the Jewish people get to go back to Jerusalem after the exile, and they kind of rediscover the Torah. They rediscover the law of God, and they begin to read it, and they begin to realize as a people, we have wandered so far from God. We have wandered so far from who he is and what he has said and, and, and what he wants for our life. And this is how they respond. So now on the 24th day of this month, the people were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth on their heads. And the Israelites separated themselves from all the foreigners and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. So what this is saying is that when they realized how far they had wandered, their response was a fast. And in their fasting, they repented. And they said, like, I'm, I'm so sorry for the sins of our fathers. And they repented. They turned from their way. So one of the ways that we fast is to repent, right? To, to, to repent or to turn away from sin. Another reason why people fast is to grieve. Um, also in Nehemiah, in the, in the very first part of that that, that book, when Nehemiah gets word that uh, the city of Jerusalem has just been ransacked and that the walls have just been destroyed, this is how uh, Nehemiah responds. So as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Right? His, his kind of instinctual like, response when he heard this horrible news, when he heard this kind of uh, just grief, as he said, man, I'm going to grieve. I'm, I'm going to just sit before the Lord. I'm going to seek his voice. I'm going to fast. I'm going to give up food for a day. I'm going to just, just sit and fast and just plead with the Lord and just kind of process what's happening, right? So another way is to grieve. Um, a third way is to ask God to intervene in a crisis, right? A third reason we fast is to ask God to intervene in a crisis. Um, in the book of Esther, uh, Queen Esther gets word that her people, the Jewish, J Jewish people, um, are about to be the victims of a, essentially a government-instituted genocide, right? And word is spreading, and, and it's, it's terrifying, right? And it's the law, and it's about to go down. And so um, she's asked to go before the king, which is this kind of crazy, illegal thing for her to do. Um, it's, it's punishable by death in this culture. But her only hope of saving the people is to actually go and to talk to the king. And so this is what she says in response. It says, then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. And so, so, so what Esther does when she hears this, this kind of uh, crazy tragedy that's about to take place is she says, hey, let's, let's gather, let's fast, 
Let's seek the voice of the Lord. Let's, let's pray and ask the Lord to intervene and stop the injustice that's about to take place. All right, so another re- reason people fast is to ask God to intervene. A fourth way, uh, and, we're, and we're almost done, I promise, uh, is to ask God to relent, right? To ask God to um, relent. In the book of Jonah, as an example, uh, Jonah goes and he tells the Ninevites, the, the capital city of Assyria, um, to, to repent, to repent from all their sins, saying, hey, like, because of your sin, God is going to bring judgment on your city. He's going to wipe it out. And this is how the Ninevites, like, not even like Jewish people, this is how the Ninevites respond to that news. It says, the word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, removed his robe, and covered himself in sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands, because who knows, God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. He calls for this this nationwide fast. He says, hey, man, it is clear God is doing something. Judgment is coming. So, man, let's all stop. Let's pray. Let's fast. Let's go before God and pray, hoping that he just relents, that he turns. And if you know how the story goes, God shows them mercy. God relents. God doesn't cast judgment on them the way that he was planning on. Right? So, so one of the ways is we just ask God to relent. Right? But the last way and the way that I want to focus on tonight is this, is that we fast to know God's will in making a decision. Right? That we fast to, to understand God's will, to understand God's mind when we are making a um, decision. Um, in the book of Acts, uh, Jesus ascends and the apostles are kind of left to fig- figure out how do we how do we f- grow? Like, how do we move this thing forward? How, how do we go plant churches? How do, we, how do we do this thing without Jesus right here to kind of show us what to do? Right? There's all these kind of new decisions. I mean, how do we, how do, we do this? Um, but, but look what happens in Acts 13. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called, called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Now, this is what led to Paul's first missionary journey. The missionary journey that, that has shaped humanity for the last 2,000 years. I mean, God used this journey to, to further the kingdom of God in ways that are unimaginable, right? But it all came because they were just fasting. Like, like the apostles were just in a room, worshiping, fasting, seeking the voice of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, with, with this kind of deafening clarity, the Holy Spirit speaks to them and says, hey, this is where you guys go next. You send Paul Barnabas, or Barnabas, yeah, uh, out, and the world's never been the same. There's this clarity that comes from fasting. Another example of this is in Acts 14. It says this, it says, When they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Now, contextually, um, this is in a, a region where, where Paul goes, he proclaims the gospel in uh, Antioch, Lystra, Iconium, and Derby, And in each place, people get saved, and God does a phenomenal work there. But then immediately after people get saved, the whole town tried to kill Paul, right? And he's just like on the run for just town after town after town. Um, and, and it's a very hostile place, right? And so Paul goes back into these towns, and they're trying to establish the local church. Now, 
there's not a, a roadmap on how to do that, right? And they're trying to, uh, to establish elders and leaders and all these guys, right? And so all of a sudden, they un- understand this is a difficult choice. Like, I mean, what is the will of God in this thing? Because, man, we need people to have grit because they might die. Like, like they might be pers- persecuted in crazy ways, yet also, like, everyone's been following Christ for, like, 30 seconds, right? So, like, no one's actually spiritually mature. Like, this is all super new. It's, it's just this kind of unchartered ter- territory. And what they do is they say, I let's fast. Let's go before the Lord. Let's fast. Let's seek his voice. And they got clarity on where to go next because of fasting. Right? So, so what we see all throughout scripture is that, and there's so many reasons to fast, right? To, 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 to repent, to grieve, to ask God to intervene, to, to uh, relent, but also to seek the voice of God. Say, God, what is your will? Man, what is next for us? Well, God, what are you doing? How do we make sense of this? We go and we fast. Now, Again, fasting is something that we've just kind of lost in our culture, right? And so it's one of those things that to actually create a rhythm in our life might be a little bit more difficult because we're not used to that type of rhythm, right? Um, But that doesn't change the fact that this is a rhythm that we see all throughout Scripture that is a good, healthy rhythm that puts us in a place that postures us in a way where we get to sit before Christ and, and just lean in and say, all right, I'm listening, I'm listening. God, will you, will you speak to me? And it's, it's a really phenomenal thing. And so um, let's talk about how. Right? How does this actually play out? Um, there's actually kind of two traditional forms of fasting. There is a 24-hour fast and a 12-hour fast. And here's what that means. So like a 24-hour fast, uh, traditionally speaking, would be sundown to sundown. So like if you were to start tomorrow, uh, which I know is ambitious, but if you start uh, tomorrow, right, um, you might, uh, you would skip dinner on Thursday night, uh, breakfast on Friday, lunch on Friday, and then you would break fast at Friday after, or Friday night. Um, 12-hour fast would be breakfast, lunch, and then break at um, dinner. And while you fast, kind of what, what you do is you just essentially use that time, use the time that you would eat, use the hour or 30 minutes that you would kind of sit and eat um, and just pray and just gather with the Lord and, and just kind of say, all right, Lord, like I'm here. Like I'm, I'm legitimately hungry for you. I'm legitimately like I'm, I'm hungry to know your will. I'm hungry to, to know what your will is. And so God, I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. God, will you speak? And you just spend time just communing with the Lord. And it's this unique thing, and that sounds crazy, if we're honest, right? Like, it sounds a little weird. Um, but in my very limited experience, it's been very eye-opening to see how we don't usually offer that type of time to the Lord. You, usually, if I pray, and this is just a confession, I view it as like a checklist. Like, oh, yeah, I should have my quiet time. So I'm going to sit down, I'm going to kind of journal, I'm going to pray, I'm going to read, I'm going to say, all right, Lord, I got like 30 minutes to kind of fit you in. So, you know, I'm reading this, oh, this is good. Okay, all right, Lord, well, I got this happening, I need prayer for this, and God, will you do this? I'm praying for so-and-so here, and then, all right, cool, great. And then I just kind of go about my day. And I realistically might give God, 20, what, 20, 30 minutes of my day? But when you sit down and you realize, man, I'm, I'm giving God like a minimum of three hours, where I sit down and, and I spend what I would spend a meal either, you know, eating at my desk and reading the news articles or um, sitting with a friend talking about whatever, right? You, you sit and you devote that time to just say, all right, Lord, like, I'm here. And you kind of just let the Lord speak and you let your mind wander and you just ask the Lord for clarity. 
You'd be amazed at what happens when you simply posture yourself before the Lord for that amount of time and say, all right, Lord, like, I'm here. God, will you speak? Right? Now, there's no perfect way to do this, right? It's not like there's some kind of command in Scripture that's like kind of lays it all out. This is just, this is just, just a rhythm for us. It's a spiritual discipline, right? And so, man, maybe it means starting small. Maybe it means just skipping lunch, right? Pick a day, pick a lunch, start off small, right? Like it doesn't have to be some kind of crazy 24-hour fast. To be completely honest, I was getting lightheaded around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, right? Like I had protein in 24 hours. Um, and so all of a sudden, like, man, man start small, right? Find, find just like kind of a rhythm just to start small and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to devote this time or I'm going to hunger for you. I'm going to allow your spirit to nourish me in ways that it hasn't been nourished in a long time, Right? So, so one, I want to encourage you to, to just start thinking about, man, what would this rhythm look like in your life? Is it 24 hours? Is it 12 hours? Is it a lunch? What does that mean, right? But I also want to challenge you to do something else. I want to challenge you to fast in community, to fast in community. And what that means is that maybe um, you're in a place where it's like, man, I don't, I don't I don't really feel angsty. Like, I don't feel like I really need clarity from the Lord. I don't really feel like I really need to hear his voice or really know his will right, right now. Like, life's pretty chill, right? That's awesome. But there might be someone in your community that's in a really heavy place. Someone that you're walking with, someone in your uh, small group, someone uh, just in your friend circle, right? Who's just in a place of like, man, I, I just really need to hear from the Lord. And there's something really sweet when we as a community gather around and say, hey, we're all going to seek the Lord with you. We're all going to seek the Lord on your behalf. We're, we are all going to pick a day, and we're all going to fast, and we're going to pray and seek the Lord about this thing. Because, man, that has to be heavy. Dude, that has to be weighing on you. Man, if, if it weighs on you, it weighs on me. So, man, let's together, let's communally, let's seek the Lord and just see what the Lord has to say, right? Now, if you've been around the church for a long time, you might hear, hear that and think, I don't know a lot about fasting, but I do know people aren't supposed to know about your fasts. Right? Anybody grow up here, hearing that? Like, you like don't tell people about your fast, right? That comes from a verse that we oftentimes take out of context, right? Um, Jesus talks about fasting in Matthew 6, and this is what he says. It says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will re reward you. Now, two things. First off, notice that when Jesus talks about fasting, he assumes that fasting is a rhythm in our life. Did you catch that? He doesn't talk about, all right, so like, you know, if you ever get around to fasting, if you ever think about maybe fasting is a good idea, if you fast in that scenario, this is what you should do. He says, no, no. When you fast, because you fast, right? Like when you fast, this is what you do, right? So one, it's convicting to me that in the words of Jesus, he's just kind of assuming that his followers are fasting, that this is just a practice that we incorporate, right? But secondly, what's happening here contextually is that the, uh, the Pharisees or the like religious elite of the day, they would fast uh, twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. Um, in fact, something interesting is that uh, there are some like, early church father writings, and they actually su suggested that the church fast on Wednesdays and Fridays, specifically because the Pharisees fast on Mondays and th th Thursdays, and they don't want to be mixed up as one another, which is kind of savage, right? So they just completely like switched it. It's like, all right, they fast on these days, we fast on these days, right? 
side note. But um, what's happening is that they fasted on Mondays and Thursdays. And so all of a sudden, um, there's this kind of thing where they would fast, and they would fast in a way where they would just kind of walk around looking tired and looking exhausted and kind of looking really just like worn out so that when someone would ask them about it, like, hey, man, like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm just fasting for the Lord, man. You know, like, and like, it just is kind of like, man, just like trying to help people see them as just these super spiritual people, right? And what Jesus is saying is not, hey, don't like fast in community. He's saying, hey, like, like if you fast, like, don't be obnoxious about it. Like, wash your face, like do your hair, like look normal, like, like go about your life. Like, like don't show off your fasting. Don't fast so that people think that you're some kind of high and mighty spiritual person. Fast because you actually just want to hear the voice of God. Right? So, so what he's talking about here is not like fasting and kind of keeping it to yourself as if you tell somebody else it doesn't count. Um, the majority of the time that we see fasting in scripture, it's actually done in community. It's a communal thing. Right? When, when the people of Israel realize that they're in sin and they want to repent, they, they call everyone together and say, hey, we are fasting together. Right? In the book of Esther, right? Like, hey, like, like, let's intercede and let's ask if God will intervene in what's going on. And they fasted as a community. Right? In the book of Acts, right? they're fasting as a community. There's something incredibly special when we as a community gather together and we say, hey, we're together going to seek the Lord. Maybe it's for you, maybe it's for a friend, maybe it's someone in your crew, but there's something about it that, that it's just powerful when we gather together and we're in it and we fast seeking the Lord. I think additionally, um, something else about that that's, that's really nice, and we'll talk more about this next week, is that you are fasting in the context of um, wise counsel. Right, that, you, that you have a sounding board. Oftentimes, if, you're, like, if we are fasting by ourselves, um, it's easy, especially if it's like three or four in the afternoon and you're lightheaded and you haven't had protein in a while. Like maybe you kind of misunderstand what you think God is saying, right? And, and so all of a sudden in the context of community, as you're fa- fasting and you're all seeking the Lord together, it's a lot easier to kind of n- navigate, man, I, I think this is what God was telling me, but I'm not quite sure, man, what do you think? Right? And you're fasting in this kind of wise counsel kind of sounding board scenario and it's, um, really healthy. So the challenge is really simple. The challenge is to fast, right? Like pick a day um, this week, next week, find some time. And I mean, if you're in a place where you just really need to know the will of God for your life, and you're just exhausted and you're tired, like, God, I just want to know. God, I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm just tired. I just want to know what your will for my life is. And fast, go before the Lord, fast. Like ask a friend to fast alongside you. Be bold enough to, to bring it to your community and say, hey, will, will y'all just come alongside me and just plead with the Lord to kind of give me some clarity on what's happening next and find some time to fast. And I, and I think you'll be um, intrigued, if not amazed, at what the Lord does and, and how the Lord speaks to you. Now, l- let me close with two kind of final thoughts. One, if fasting causes medical problems for you, don't fast. Honestly, fasting, like not fasting, it's not sin, right? Um, if you are in a place where either you have a blood sugar thing happening, like I'm not trying to have you pass out at work, right? Like eat food, like, 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 like do what you need to do to be healthy, right? Um, if you've had a, um, a history with eating disorders, right? Or if you have a fear of falling back into one, man, like don't fast, it's okay. 
Like our hope and our prayer and our goal for you is that we, as we position ourselves to commune with the Lord, right? And if there's some legitimate medical reason to not fast, it's totally okay. Don't feel a pressure to fast. Feel the freedom to refrain from fasting if there's a medical um, problem going on. Second is this. And we said this last week, but I, I want to say it every week because it's important. This is not a form, formula to get God to do what you want him to do. Right? This isn't some kind of weird like seance thing where you kind of do this right and, and, and God's going to respond to you the way that you want him to respond. It's not this kind of let's, let's try to kind of work God at the right angle so that he'll finally respond to what I want. No, this is a posture. This is simply a practice and a posture where we get to go before God and say, all right, Lord, I'm here. I'm listening. God, I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry to know what your will is. God, will you just speak? Right? And we're just posturing ourselves just to, just to listen, right? And, and on that note, just, just to manage expectations. Maybe you fast and you have this incredible breakthrough where like the, the, the heavens open up and doves descend and you hear the audible voice of God and it's like, wow, Amazon, I'm supposed to go work there, right? And, like, like, and you just like, like, and you just know, right? Um, Maybe, maybe that happens. And if that does, email me. I'd love to sit down and hear all about it because that would be incredible, right? But maybe you sit and you're just hungry. Maybe you sit before the Lord and you don't get some kind of crazy break, breakthrough, but you're obedient and you're faithful. And the more that we're obedient, the more that we're faithful, the more we open the door for the Lord just to kind of speak to us. Right? Or maybe even in that moment in time, what happens is that God speaks to you, but he speaks to you in a way that you don't even realize or that you're not even expecting. Right? Because what happens when, when we remove food from ourselves, what oftentimes happens is, it, is stuff kind of comes to the surface that we never even expected. Right? So um, prime example of this is when people say they're hangry, right? we blame our anger on not having food. Right? If we're like a jerk to somebody at work, we're like, oh, dude, I'm super sorry. I'm just hungry. I just hadn't eaten in hours. My bad, right? What if, just a thought, what if your anger has less to do with being hungry and more to do with the fact that you have an anger problem? And what's happening is that your lack of food is bringing that to the surface. And if you're like crazy impatient when you're hungry, Maybe it's less to do with the food, and maybe, it, maybe there's something going on, and the food just, or the lack of food just kind of reveals, man, I have, I have some stuff to work on. Because the reality is, like, being hungry doesn't ever excuse us from not looking like Christ. If you're a complete jerk to everybody around you, like, we can't blame being hungry on that, right? And, and, and so maybe what's happening is, is just removing food for a day kind of brings some stuff up. And, and God speaks to you to say, hey, this is a problem. And it's exposed when we take food out of the picture, right? Maybe that's the way that God speaks. I don't know, right? I want to manage expectations. But I want us to be open with our expectations of how God is going to speak. Because maybe it's some kind of deafening clarity. But maybe it's something small. Or maybe you're just hungry. They say, hey, hey you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to do, do it again. I'm going to sit, and I'm going to hunger for God and just ask for him to show up. Because the reality is our hope and our prayer for us is that we are a community of people that hunger for God, that hunger to know his will, to, to hear his voice, and that we are willing to, to legitimately be hungry to hear his voice and to be able to discern his will. That's my hope. That's my prayer. Let me pray for you guys.
Father, you are um, you're good, you're kind. And Father, I know that there are so many times when I, uh, I just long to hear your voice. I just long to know what your will for my life is. And I know there are um, brothers and sisters in this room that kind of feel in a very similar place where they're just confused, uh, just lost. There might be just questions. So, Father, we, we praise you that because of Christ we have access to you. That through your son we have access to the king of the universe. Father, we know that fasting isn't some magical solution. It's not this uh, magical thing to get you to do uh, what we want you to do. But, Father, it's a posture. May we be humble enough to, to sit before you and say, God... I'm hungry. God, God, I just want you. I want more of you. God, will you speak to me? God, will you nourish my soul? Will you meet me in this place? Do a work in my heart. Do a work in my life. Will you bring clarity to what's going on out of your grace to us? God, will you speak to us? It's your Sunday, we pray. Amen. We hope today's message was impactful and God used it to be part of the transforming work he wants to do in your life. Look, our desire is that this isn't just a resource you would listen to, but that this is really a community you would belong to. If you have any further questions, you just want to talk or need prayer, reach out to us. Our contact info is on the website, renovateftw.org, or connect with us on our social media, at RenovateFTW, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.